Let's all bow. Mighty Father, Lord, we thank you. God, we thank you that you have blessed us with, with not only great facilities, but, but great people. God, I thank you that you have blessed us with people who have a heart for our teachers, have a heart for those who are hurting. Father, have a heart to, to show up early and stay late just, just so that ministry can happen. Now, Lord, as we move into the time of your word, I pray that you'll just allow me to, to be a vessel. God, allow me to, to just deliver your word this morning. Father, we love you. Jesus, we thank you. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Can we just one more time offer God uh, a praise? Thank you, Pastor Tony. Amen. So again, thank you guys so much. Uh, welcome to Jersey Gene Sunday. If uh, if you're a first time guest, you know this this is a morning that we we set aside to um, to be able to celebrate Operation Christmas Child. Originally, again, it was going to be a, a battle of the Washington football team jerseys and uh, and the uh, and and the Dallas Cowboys. So, but now you get. Tigers baseball and Cougars, so uh, which you know I like these two teams better than I do their two teams anyway, so it's all good. But but uh, so again, we want to say welcome. Uh, what what a, what a great time to be here. So this morning, here's what I wanted to do. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna I'm, obviously whenever I have the the platform, I have one guy tell me you know that it's he always he always gets kind of nervous when 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 Jeremy gets to. Gets to have the morning, but uh, it's, it's all good. That means I'm doing my job right. Um, but uh, so this morning, let's we're going to kind of keep in the in the spirit of we're finally getting to watch some football on TV, uh, which is which is you know good for I, I like I love college football. Finally getting to watch some football on TV. We've been able to watch baseball for a while. It's uh, Jersey Jean. So in in keeping with kind of the sports theme a little bit, we're just kind of go down that vein this morning. If that's okay, so uh, first let me let me just throw out a couple three phrases here that we're all very familiar with, or at least I think so. Uh, the first phrase is the armchair quarterback, right? Everybody knows, and especially those of you in the house that have football jerseys on, you guys completely understand the concept of the armchair quarterback. Right, you're the guy that sits at home. I'm the guy that sits at home, or uh, you go to the football games. Listen, I have been to. Uh, we love to go to uh, to the football games at the high school. We love it. Uh, we do the the all sports pass. It's it's so much fun to get to go and be. But I'm telling you what, man, some of you guys are rough on a coach. Golly, you're rough on a coach. Um, <laughs> Some of you guys, you're rough on a coach. You're rough on a coach. Now, I ain't going to lie. Sometimes even the man of the cloth, um, even every man of the cloth, right, is sitting in the stands and is like, what are you doing? What is this? And then how many times, has, how many times have you uttered the words, well, if I was the coach, 
Well, now, if I was, you know, I, I'm not telling anybody what to do, but if I was the coach, here's what, you know, I, I don't see why we're doing it. I ain't going to, I'll just be honest. I did that yesterday. Allie had us a tournament. Uh, there's, there's, some, there's some folks in the house that can, because I, I talked to them and said, I don't know, man, but if I, I we, this is what needs to happen. We just, we can't help it, can we? We're watching, we're spectators, we're seeing what's happening, we're, we're seeing things unfold. And we're like, man, if I was the coach, this is what I would do. We do it whenever we're watching from our house. We do it whenever we're watching live. We're armchair quarterbacks. Every one of us are. If you like football, chances are you're an armchair quarterback. Now, the next one may not be as, as, uh, as recognizable to people, but for me, uh, how about a cheap seat GM? Now, this is more of a baseball term because I'm a baseball guy. I love baseball. But a cheap, seat, a cheap seat GM. These are the guys. Now, I'm one of these two because I've, only, I've, been, I've been to many professional baseball games. I love watching baseball. If I had my choice, I would pick baseball over football. Some people, one person agrees. Some people disagree because they think baseball is boring. I don't think baseball is boring. I like baseball because there is it, it's 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 a it's a game of, of strategy. You know, it's it's not just run and, and, and blast people. It can it is sometimes. And it's really fun to watch when that happens. But I've been to a few professional baseball games. Now I've only ever sat extremely close one time, and that was because we got free tickets given to us uh by Tasha's uncle, and we, we got to go up to Detroit, we got to sit on the uh, first baseline, we were first base, five rows up, it was awesome, Detroit versus New York, Yankees, it was amazing, every other time I've been, I have been way up in the cheap seats, because that's what I can't afford, right, and everybody that watches baseball, you become the GM in the cheap seats, right? You're the guy that says, man, okay, this is, what, this is what we need to do right here. We need to steal right here, right? We need to, why are we not bunning? Why, we should, why are we not bunning right here? Well, that's stupid. Why send him? You know, he's hit the ball. You, you're, you yell from the cheap seats. All right, all right, short. You're a man last time. I do that. I still do that like at Logan's baseball games from the outfield to like the 10-year-olds, even though they can't hear me. Because we can't help it, can we? We, we just have that, that the, the desire and that urge to, 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 when stuff isn't going like we think it should go, we have that desire to, to, to put our input in. So how about this one? Now this one, the pastor didn't ask me to say this. I just came up with this one myself. How about our back pew pastors? You see, this is why nobody likes the youth pastor, right? But no, that can't... That, that, Let's just be real and let's just be transparent. All right? Because I'll be real and I'll be honest. And I have told Pastor, and a lot of us has, and he's told us whenever you guys tell him, well, if I was the pastor. Yeah, you laughing. And you know I'm right. Back pew pastors, right? And front pew pastors and third row and second row and, and fifth row and midway and left side right picket because there's just something about us 
as human beings that can't help but want things our way. Even the greatest, kindest people in the world want things their way sometimes. And that's us. So if you're in the house this morning and you can relate with any three of these, you know, I hope you have some patience with me. I'm not picking on you. You know, I'm not the guy, you know, so I'm not trying to, to like make you mad and I want you to leave here with sore toes or any of that stuff. I just want you to agree with me just for a second that we all have this thing about us. We want things to go our way. We want calls to go our way at our sporting events. You know, I, I love to be at basketball games and, like, watch people yell at the referee for calls that are, like, bad against them. But when the other team doesn't get the same call, that team's all like, you know, they're not, not like, oh, you didn't, you know, why? why? They're, not, they're not cheering for or trying to get the call down there either, right? They just want their team to have the right call. They don't care if the other team gets a bad call, right? Because we want things to go our way. Would you agree with me this morning? We like it when things go our way. So here we go. Now that, uh, now that hope I haven't lost you, we're going to flip to Isaiah 55. We're going to read uh, 6, verse 6 through 8. Really simple this morning. Uh, this is probably very familiar with you. Um, but we'll read, and they're just gonna, they'll, they'll have it up on the, uh, on the screen for us. But this is what Isaiah 55 Verses 6 through 8 says, it says, Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. We're going to pause right there for one second. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now while he is near. Now, I'm just, I'm just going to, let me just be real and honest with you for just a few minutes this morning. At least I've already, the, the, the guys grilling down, down at the pavilion, they've already said, you know, you ain't going to be long-winded this morning, are you? So if you're listening, no, I'm not. But let me just, let me just be, can I just be real for one second? Seek the Lord while you can find Him. Call on Him while He is near. Have you ever been in the moments where you feel like you just cannot find the Lord. Now see, I'm not going to stand up here behind this and, and behind this sacred desk and lie to you guys and say that, uh, say that. No, absolutely not. Because I can tell you that there's been times in the past month that stress and aggravation and how about even anger how about even, man, I, I, I just don't understand, gets so heavy on us sometimes that we feel like the Lord is 100 miles away. When we find ourselves in these moments of, man, I just don't get what's going on. And we're, we feel like we're getting beat up from, from every direction. And we call out to the Lord and walk. It feels like what we get back is, is silence and, and nothing. And it feels like he's a thousand miles away. Seek the Lord while you can find him. Call on him now 
while he's near. You know, Pastor, Pastor Weaver, when I was in MIP and, and even all the years that we sat under him as our, our, our senior pastor, and, and even now whenever he, he, he has the pulpit and he has altar calls, he used to say something. I really didn't get it. I, I really didn't understand it whenever I, I first started started off in ministry, but but then I, I grew to love it because we, we would have altar calls. And I know Pastor Weaver's in the house, and and the Lord would be moving great in the altar, and, and there would be people in the back watching, and, and, and God would be moving down here, and he would say, come now while the water is being troubled. And I know that that goes back to the to, to the account to where the angel would come down and, and touch the water once in the water. And that's how people would know that the, that the pool was blessed and whoever could get into it would be healed. You know, we know it, but, but, but how true is that? Call on him while he is there. How many times do we miss? How many times do, do we have those moments that, that God is near and God is moving and is right there and we can see him and we know what's happening? But yet we remain. We stay where we're at. And we miss it. We miss that moment. Now, that's not the only moments God can work in, but we miss them. And then we find ourselves being armchair quarterbacks out of aggravation or, 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 or back pew pastors out of aggravation, not because... Not, not necessarily because we're mad at anybody, but because we're frustrated. Because we knew that we should be here, but we didn't move. And I learned a long time ago that aggravated and hurt people, we just tend to hurt other people. That's what we do. When we're aggravated, we, we take it out on other people. Because we're human, and that's what we, it's sad, and it, it's, that's what we do. So I'm going to tell you right now, call on him now while he is near. Experiencing God, which is a great study. It's, it's been around for a long time. One of, the, one, of, one of their main focus, one of their main points, the very first thing they teach you is you find God working and you join him there. You find God, you see where God's moving, and you just you join him right there. You step right in to where you know God is moving, and there he is, and there's no doubt so seek him, call on him. Verse 7 says, Let the wicked change their ways and banish the very thought of doing wrong. Let them turn to the Lord that they may have mercy, that, that he may have mercy on them. Yes, turn to our God, for he will forgive generously. Now I want us to pay attention to verse 8. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond. Anything you could imagine. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. Now we're going to stay right here just for, just, just, just for a few moments. Let me, let me try to offset. Because see, some of you guys right now, you're, you're all like, man, if I was up there. This is what I'd be doing right now. You know what? That's okay. But let me help you out a little bit. Can I help you a little bit this morning? Can I just, just give to you what God has asked me to deliver? And hopefully one person understands what I'm trying to say this morning. 
armchair quarterbacks, people who sit in the back, people who sit anywhere, people who watch TV and say, well, you know, if I was this, I would be doing that. This is how I would do it. This is what God wants you to hear this morning. And my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. Now, if you will read entire, if you will take Isaiah 55 and, and kind of get all the context of all the scriptures, what you're going to find is, is you're going to find God speaking through a man and telling him that, listen, don't put me in a box because here's the deal. I deal with people different than how you deal with people. Because this is how God works. When God sees somebody hurting, he doesn't care about what put them in that situation. He cares about his creation needs to be saved. See, how many times, and listen, I, this, this, is, this is, 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 is whipping me as much as it is maybe anybody else in the house. How many times do you roll up on somebody or you see somebody and you know they're hurting, you know it's their fault, Right? We know that it, it, it's their fault. It's their decisions that put them in that situation. And how many times do we find ourselves saying, well, you know what, if you wouldn't have done this, man, I'm so glad that God didn't deal with me like that. I'm so glad that God looked at me and His ways was far beyond anybody's ways in the world. That when he looked at me in my mess, he didn't say, you know what, Jeremy? It's your own fault, man. You knew not to do that. You knew not to go there. You knew not to get in that vehicle. Right? You knew, you knew, not, to, you knew not to do that. No. See, his ways are far, and we don't understand that. That's what aggravates us sometimes about God, right? We don't understand, but we don't have to. Because you will not understand unless he allows you to. Most of the time, you're not going to get it. You're not going to get it because his ways are far beyond anything you could ever imagine. Because he sees things in people that you will never see with your mortal eyes. You know why? Because he created them, right? Because the creator knows how much the creation is worth. Not us. Thank goodness, praise God, praise God that His ways are so much different than my ways. But yet we continue, right? Yet we, we, we sit back and we look and we say, well, you know, if, if, if I was this or if I was that, well, you know, if, if they wouldn't do that, if they wouldn't, if, if, if they would just change this, well, you know, have we ever thought maybe they're trying Maybe they're trying to change that. Maybe they just need one person to step up with them, lock arms with them, and say, listen, man, we love you. And I know it's hard, and I know you're trying. Let me help. Because I would dare to say, I would dare to say in this room, everybody in this room, you had that person at one point in your life. You had that person at one point in your life, that walked up beside you when you needed somebody the most, and they took your arm, or they put their arm around you, and they said, you know what? Let me show you. Let me help you. But see, we forget that, don't we? Let's just, uh, listen, this is just a morning of being honest. 
I forget that sometimes. We forget that sometimes, that, that we were the person. We, we, we were the, the dirty, right? We were the filthy. Most of us still are. If you ask God and Jesus, we're all sinners, and we all fall short of the glory of God, right? His ways are not our ways. Listen to me, armchair quarterbacks. Listen to me, back pew pastors, cheap seat GMs. His ways are not our ways. See, we see with our human eyes. The Bible tells us that our hearts cannot be trusted because they're easily deceived. See, we, 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 we move with our human hearts, right? And God sees such a big picture. I've heard it said one time about Larry Bird and even Michael Jordan that, that they, they play chess while everybody else was playing checkers. Can I tell you this is the same thing with God? See, what God does is, is so much more complicated than anything we could ever imagine, ever think. Even we, You wouldn't want to. You would not want to know how your actions affect the actions of this person who ultimately affect the actions of this person who ultimately affect the actions of this person. You, you don't want that responsibility. You don't want to know whenever you're in a bad mood and you get mad at the lady at Food City. You don't want to know the bad day that she is having. And so she goes home and takes it on her kid who takes it on their little, her, on their little brother who tells the teacher at school who is now heartbroken because the kids... Listen, you don't want to know the ripple effect. And I know that's, and listen, as, as, as much as there is bad, there is good also. And chances are you will never know. You will never know the effect whenever the lady at Food City is having a terrible day and she's completely messed up your order and she's overcharged you for all this stuff. And instead of, well, you know what, listen. You say, man, I know you're having a bad day, right? I know that. This is crazy. It, it's Friday. It's, it's 3 o'clock. Your midnight madness thing has just started. And, like, it's chaotic. Yes, I do the midnight madness also at Fusi. And it's chaotic. And I've been waiting in line for, for 45 minutes because you only got two registers open. But, man, you have, I know you're having a bad day. I need to get you all some help. I'm so sorry. See, you'll never know, chances are, the effect that that's going to have on her and maybe even the next customer. And she's going to take that home. You don't know. You know why you don't know? Because his ways are not your ways. Because what he thinks and the way that he does things is far beyond you could ever imagine. All right, so let me, let me get here. Mark 540 says this. It says, the crowd laughed at him. But he made them all leave. And he took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples into the room where the girl was lying. Now, this is talking about Jesus. The him, the crowd laughed at him is Jesus. 
And we just plucked this one on purpose because I want to give you the backstory. The crowd laughed at him, but he made them all leave. Let me show you something here real quick. Because if you know this story, let me kind of uh, 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 backfill from verse 40 uh, up. What has happened here is a man has came to Jesus. And a man has, has came to Jesus while he's walking through a crowd and said, Listen, I have a daughter at home and she's dying. And great teacher, I need you to touch her. I need you to heal her. I need you to move. And Jesus says, let's go. And as they're making their way to, 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 to this, this dying girl, Jesus is making his way through the crowd. And a, a story you guys are all familiar with is the story of the woman with the, the, the account of the, the woman with the issue of blood. And as Jesus is making his way through a crowd, a woman touches him. And, 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 and the Bible tells us that Jesus leaves, feels power leave him. And he stops the procession. He says, who touched me? Right? And out of fear and out of worry, the, 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 the woman says, well, you know, well, I did. And come to find out she's, she's had an affliction that she's had for, for, for years. And, and one touch from, from the hem of Jesus' garment is all it took for that and her faith to completely heal her. And what a great time it is. And the crowd stands up. And, and since we're doing sports metaphors, right? I like to think, now this is not what the Bible says. So Bible scholars, forgive me. But you know, I like to think that this is one of those moments in the Bible. Because this happens in every sports movie. Whenever the woman says, I'm healed. I, I just touched his garment and, and now I'm whole. And one guy stands up in the back of the crowd and starts the slow clap that builds to a thundering applause. Right? The one guy starts to... Right? And then, then everybody like claps and it's this great moment and, and everybody is cheering and everybody is happy and, and there's this fantastic moment where, where healing has taken place and, and the power of God was displayed and, and everything is great and everything is right in the world again. And even reading that account, you forget about him. I forgot about him until preparing for this. Standing beside Jesus, along with his disciples, was a man taking Jesus to a dying daughter. A man who, who went and, and found the one thing that could save his daughter. And on their way, this happens. A woman is healed. Great applause and great rejoice. And, and what a great moment that is. And now again... Let me take some freedom because the Bible doesn't say this. But beside him stands a man who knew he just had a little bit of time 
a small window for Jesus to work. And, you know, I think for a second that maybe that man is the one person in the crowd of people that wants to applaud, that wants to say, man, that is so amazing. But in verse 40, if you'll read that account, or as, as you work down to verse 40, you'll find that a messenger comes to, the, comes to the man in the midst of all this. And he, he, he comes from his house. And the words that, that the New Living uses anyways is the messenger comes and he, I, like, I would like to think that maybe he taps the, the man on his shoulder and he says, there's no need to trouble the teacher now because she's gone. She's gone. No need to trouble the teacher. That's what the, that's what the account says. There's no, no need to bother him now. It's over. And so in the middle of great joy and in the middle of a, a great moment, you have a man who in his heart wants to rejoice. But is also broken because he knows he's lost his daughter. And then I, I, because he's human and we're human and I'm human, I would, I, I would dare to say that, that maybe the thought goes through his head. Well, what if? What if she wouldn't have stopped him? What if he'd have just kept on going? Would she still be alive? And in that moment, and then here, here's, here's, here's what happens, right? The, the messenger says, no need to trouble the teacher now. It's too late. And the Bible says that Jesus overhears that. And he says, well, hold on for a second. No, it's not too late. No. No, let's go to the house. And then the Bible says, as we pick up in verse 40, you know, they, they arrive at the house. And everybody's weeping and everybody's crying. And it's, Jesus, you were too late. You know, if, you, if you'd only been here. And Jesus says, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. And then we pick up where it says, and, and the crowd laughed at him. The crowd laughed at him. All the armchair quarterbacks, right, said, what are you, she is dead, she's gone. And Jesus said, all right, you leave, you leave, you leave, you leave, you three stay. And then a miracle happened, Right? A miracle happened. Something that, that, that people, could not fat, people could not imagine. You know why? Because his ways are not your ways. Because just because, listen, just because Jesus isn't immediate does not mean it's not going to happen. All right? It doesn't mean that, that he doesn't hear you. It doesn't mean that the, the, the plans are working. It doesn't mean that something's going to happen. You don't know. Don't try to know. Just trust him. Just trust Him. I'm begging you this morning to just trust Him. You know, there, there, there's, another, there's another account in the Bible of a, of a lady that, that had a, a demon-possessed daughter, right? And, and, 
and she was, was constantly following Jesus and his disciples and, and begging to, to please heal my daughter. Please, please heal her. Please work. Please move. Please do something. And the Bible says that Jesus, he didn't even acknowledge her. He just kept walking, kept going about his business. And, and she kept pleading, please, please, please do something. To the point that the disciples even said, you know what? Send her away. Tell her to stop. Send her away. And Jesus stopped and he, he had a conversation and, and essentially what he said, in paraphrasing, was, you know, we do not, or I'm here to heal the lost sheep of Israel. And then she confesses her faith in Jesus. She confesses her faith in the Messiah, and he says, you know what? Everything's taken care of. Go home, hug your daughter, love her, all the demons are gone. Here's what we got to understand. All right? Just because Jesus does not respond to you does not mean he does not hear you. Just because God does not say, all right, this is exactly what's going to happen, does not mean something's going to happen. A no is really more than likely just a not right now. And that's what we don't understand, right? That when Jesus doesn't respond, when we pray and God doesn't respond, we feel like all is lost. But in all honesty, could God be telling you, not right now. Not right now. Could God be telling you, whenever you've prayed and prayed and prayed for this, and he says, you hear nothing. You feel like the lady, right? God don't even acknowledge you. Jesus didn't even acknowledge her at first. You ever feel like that? Can I, can I just... We've been living that for a few weeks. Yeah. Listen, I've lived this before. As you guys know, the, the, the story of, of, of my nephew, right? And you ask God, hey, why do you let that happen to a little child? Or when a loved one is given the, the, the death sentence of cancer, right? My mother was. And even as, as a young minister, as, as a minister, and you ask God, you say, you know, God, just, just heal her. Knowing that God could, could reach down and, 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 and pluck out the disease that has taken her away from us. And nothing happens. And we get mad. 
questions that we we've listen that, that we've asked that we've been asked by families again in the past little bit you know why 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 don't God heal why does God do this why 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 does this happen and and here's here, here's what here's what I believe God wanted me to learn out of that Nothing would have made me happier than for my mother to get up and everything be fine. But you know what? That wasn't his way. But you know what my prayer was? God, please heal her. With no response and with anger right here, And it was God saying, you know what? Just not right now. Just not right now. And there come a time. Now this is where the armchair quarterback, right, comes into play. Because we don't understand. See, he gave me what I asked for. He took everything away from her. He took all hurt. He took all pain. Took all suffering. She's happier now than she ever will be. Ever has been. His ways are not your ways. He works on a scale that you could not imagine. So I'm here, Pastor Tony, if you don't mind to come to the music. I'm here to tell you this morning. I don't know what you're praying for. I don't know what questions you're asking. I don't know what, what you're, you're, you're seeking for understanding in. But here's what I do know. God has a plan. And His ways are not your ways. So you don't understand why He does that. And we really don't have to. We, we, we wouldn't want to. You know, we, we, we don't understand why this one is, is taken care of and, and this one is not. Why it rains on the just and the unjust. Right? It's not that God says, okay, 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 okay. This, 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 and he picks out his favorites. It's not what happens. But the reality is, God has a plan. And if I am anybody in the Bible here lately, I'm going to be honest with you and I'm going to say, I'm not a mighty man of valor. I'm not even, you know, one of the one of the really, really, really cool disciples. As hard as that is to believe. I find myself that lady following behind Jesus. Asking 
Would you do this? Would you move? Would you? This is what, would you, would you, would you answer? Would you? And there's so many times that Jesus, I feel like, just keeps walking, right? And then it never fails. It never fails. Something happens. And I get it. Something happens. And I understand. Before we came to Pulaski, God shut doors that we would have never shut ourselves. And we were mad. And we were aggravated. And we would pray. And we would say, God, why would you not answer us? And then we look back and we say, you know what? I get it. Thank you for loving me enough to make decisions I would not make myself. Yeah. So here's the, here's the call this morning. Now I know this isn't... If you're here and that's you, if you're here and you're the person that's looking for answers, maybe you're the person that, that's, that's looking... You have requests and you have needs... And you're, you're truly, truly believing Jeremiah 29, 12, and 13 when it says, if you call on the Lord, He'll answer you and He'll hear you. And if you'll seek Him with your whole heart, you'll find Him. If, if you're truly believing that and you're, you're calling out and, and you're praying and, and you're that lady that keeps, keeps asking, keeps begging, and, and you feel like that, He's not even listening. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to do something bold this morning. I'm going to ask you to stand exactly where you're at. Would you stand? If that's you, and you're asking God, and you feel like, you know what, I just... He's not even acknowledging me. He's not even hearing me. I was, we're going to be honest. We're going to be real. I'm going to ask you to stand. And that's just you showing God and, and, and being honest and being real, saying, you know what, God... I want you to know, and, and, and I'm calling. And I'm here to tell every one of you right now, He hears you. He hears you. And just like that woman, just like with me, just like with many people in here, a no answer, a no response, it's just not right now. A delay does not mean no. A delay in the process does not mean it's not going to happen. Because God's plan is so much larger and, and so much greater than anything we could ever imagine, think, or hope for. See, you're, 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 you're the man who is, has went and said, God, please come heal my child. But everybody else around you is getting healed. And you're standing right there beside the, 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 the teacher watching it. You're right in the middle of it, and you're thinking, man, why not mine? 
This is what this is what God came by to say this morning. I want you to hear me. All right. A delay does not mean it's not going to happen. A non-response, God hears you, is not, is not a no. It's just a not right now. Don't give up. His ways are not your ways. He thinks so much greater than we could ever imagine. God's going to honor you for your, for your honesty, for your courage. So now, church, here's what I'm going to ask us to do. With these that are standing, can we stand with them as a way to let them know they are not by themselves? We let them know that we are a family. We will walk through this together. Can we stand with them? And if you were standing first, I want you to look around this room right now, and I want you to see all the faces, all the people that are standing with you. We believe with you. We believe a delay is not a no. We believe a non-answer is just a not right now. He hears you. We're telling you, He hears you. You may not feel like it, but He hears you. So now together, as a family, we're going to pray. And I want you to pray for patience. I want you to pray that God move in the lives of those who are seeking. Let's all bow. Mighty Father, Lord, right now, every person that had the courage to stand, that had the courage to, to say they're seeking God. They're asking, they're questioning. And though they know that they, they hear, they, they know you hear them, they, they know, God, that, that you hear them. They won't even ask. But God, right now, I pray right now that you do something. I believe right now, God, you will, will send a message, whatever it is, Lord, something to let them know you hear them. Something to let them know, God, whether it, it be a memory, but something, God, to let them know, hey, I'm still here. God, give them courage. Give them endurance. Give them the courage to believe you when you tell them, your way is not my way. Father, we commit these to you. Jesus, in your name we pray. In your name we believe. In your name we, we, we speak these things. We believe these things done. In your name, Jesus. Amen. Could you, one course? we just worship together just for a chorus walking around these
Yeah. 